With Progressive's Home Quote Explorer, you can check if you're paying too much for home insurance, because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, like bringing brownies to a dinner party. But I never bring brownies with nuts, because not everyone likes nuts, so they wouldn't eat those brownies. And even people who do like nuts will still eat brownies without them. Why? Because they're brownies. But still, it's the right thing to do. So compare rates with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. A few weeks ago, I was part of a conversation with members of the Mount Olivet community about four essays. We studied these four essays written by Dr. Stanley Hauerwas over four weeks. These essays are really letters that Dr. Hauerwas wrote to his godson. Each letter contains a specific virtue and its meaning for a child growing year by year in the Christian faith. Each letter was delivered to Dr. Hauerwas's godson, Lori Wells, on the occasion of Lori's baptism and every year after. Dr. Hauerwas is a professor of Christian ethics at Duke Divinity. It would have been easy for Dr. Hauerwas to dispense his knowledge of virtues all at once in one sitting and not over 16 years. After all, he is the author or contributor to more than 23 books. And as a seminary professor, and really anybody with the name Duke Divinity attached to their name, dispensing large amounts of information at one time, whether or not somebody wanted to hear it, is one of his specialties. But Dr. Hauerwas wrote these letters over 16 years. In the first letter, echoing Jesus in verse 12 of our reading from today, Dr. Hauerwas wrote to Lori, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them all right now. Our scripture reading places us two chapters away from the betrayal and arrest of Jesus, smack dab in the middle of what's known as the farewell discourse. The loquacious word made flesh is preparing his disciples for their life in ministry without him. Ever since calling the disciples away from their families, fishing nets, and tax booths. Jesus has been teaching them about the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, which began in the womb of his mother, Mary. Preaching, teaching, and healing from one side of Galilee to the other. Now Jesus is preparing his disciples for their own ministries of preaching, teaching, and healing Yet there is more these disciples need to learn. Three years of ministry was not enough time to unpack all that comes with a title like the Word Made Flesh. Jesus has too much to say and not enough time to say it in. At the beginning of his farewell discourse, back in chapter 14, Jesus declares himself to be the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth, and the events that are to come, his betrayal and arrest, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, Pentecost, will not be fully grasped in real time by his disciples or onlookers. Jesus knows that they, we, 
will need help in understanding everything that has and everything that will happen. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, the, dis the disciples' understanding of Christ as the way, the truth, and the life may be questioned, or worse, discarded. Never one to abandon those he calls, Jesus tells his disciples, then and now, that the Holy Spirit will guide them. The Holy Spirit is guiding us. Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit will take us by the hand and guide us to where truth is. The Holy Spirit will not draw attention to itself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen, what has happened, and what is happening, making sense out of all that Jesus has done and said. Jesus tells his disciples that they, we, will not be left to our own to make sense of the work of God. We're not left to ourselves to try to decipher what a faith-filled life looks like or how to respond to the call that Christ has placed on each of our lives. As Dr. Shainer correctly pointed out, last Sunday was indeed Pentecost Sunday, but it was also Confirmation Sunday. We confirmed 13 students into a faith-filled life. For several months, our confirmation class intentionally studied the faith that they had been baptized into as infants, a faith that can only make sense through community and through the power of the Holy Spirit. A few weeks before confirmation, we baptized Charlie into the faith. This church is in the business of baptizing people into the faith. It is what we do before we do anything else. Back in 2018, my daughter was baptized right there alongside Pastor Ed and Bishop Will Willimon. Every time we baptize a new believer or confirm someone who was baptized as a child, the pastor asks the question, Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and include the person before you in your care? I almost have the question memorized. Give me a few more years. And then, then the entire congregation, with enthusiasm, because I know you mean it, responds, with, with God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround this person the person being baptized with a community of love and forgiveness, that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them, that they may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. I'm sure many of you were reciting that in your head as I read it. That is a response that we cannot take lightly. It is a responsibility that we cannot take lightly. Through congregational responses at baptisms and confirmations, we are acknowledging that the same spirit promised to the first disciples is at work through this community of faith, along with every other community of faith that faithfully proclaims the good news of the gospel. 
We pray over each candidate for baptism and confirmation that the Holy Spirit, that they would be so filled with the Holy Spirit that that Spirit would work through them, that being born of water and the Spirit, they would be a faithful disciple of Christ. Baptisms and confirmations are public acts of profession. Sure, the photos of Nora's baptism would probably have been better if it was a private staged event, where if we didn't get the water dripping off her forehead just perfectly, we could do it over and over and over again. But what we, what we would miss in those private events is that the Holy Spirit quickens the entire community's sensitivity to the revelation of the triune God, God our Father, our Creator, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. And that quickening moves us to a deeper appreciation and understanding of the truth of God revealed in Christ. That truth being that our sins, your sins, have been forgiven, not because of anything you've done, but because of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And because your sins are forgiven, God loves you as you are now. And there's nothing you can do to undo that love. That, friends, is the reason why baptisms and confirmations are not private affairs. While the forgiveness of our sins has been completed, discovering the Christian faith is not a one-and-done event. Baptisms and confirmations are not bookends in the same way that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was not the end. Discipleship, that's the churchy way of saying following Jesus, requires a lifetime and then some. This is precisely why we study the scriptures as children, teens, and adults. This is why we as a community are not separated when we worship. We worship together as children, teens, and adults. This is why we engage in mission together as a community. One of the things that we discovered in our discussion of Dr. Hauerwas's essays is how each of the virtues, every single one of them, pointed back to the truth revealed in Jesus Christ. It felt like we were a broken record week after week pointing back to Jesus. Time and time again, we were reminded that we learn the virtues of the Christian faith through the faithful ministry of Christ, revealed to us through the Holy Scriptures and through the power of the Holy Spirit in a community bound together in Christ's grace. Here, friends, is where the work of mentors in the faith and godparents and regular parents and aunts and uncles and people in the pews, three seats ahead of us, becomes ever more important. Dr. Hauerwas writes, through our baptism, God makes us part of a people vulnerable to the truth. We are vulnerable together to the works of Christ, made clear by the Holy Spirit while being held in the love of our Creator. Three in one, never separated, yet each at work in the church's life, in the lives of 
those who, who fill the pews. To learn the truth leads us to God, understood through the love of our Creator, the grace of Christ, and the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Amen.